Fuck you, son of a bitch. <laughs> Hello, Zane. Hello, Zane. You're fucking live on the fucking podcast, man. <laughs> well, we figured out what our first thing is going to be this week. <laughs> our open. Welcome to Two Dollar Steak, a pro wrestling podcast and also a podcast about pandemics and social distancing. On today's episode, I'm joined, as always, by Cookie. Okay. And Tolbert. (laughs) Sorry. I'm here, too. Mike is sort of here (laughs) in spirit. It's like a Jedi Force ghost. And, like, he's just there, like, in the the ether, you know? You know what? Really... The saving grace of this entire thing. So we're on Zoom. I'm on Zoom. Aaron is on Zoom. The other two are not. But all I see is Aaron's face and Randy Savage. That, that's all you need. <laughs> that's, all you that's all I need to see. You know what, boys? I'm sitting here in my child's playroom, sitting on what would be my guest bed. Um, social distancing, you know? Are, are you cross-legged? Like, like are you sitting? I'm sitting uh, crisscross applesauce, as they say <laughs> in the uh, political correct world now. Right, um, right. As we grew up, it's Indian style. That's right. Native it's American t- style. Tatanka style. Tatanka style. <laughs> Chief, Chief uh, Jay Strongbow. Wahoo McDaniel style. Yeah, exactly. Nyla Rose style. Oh, wait. Nyla Rose, she's a she native, native American. She's a native beast or something. I don't know. Anyway, so this week has been a, a, a week full of self-discovery, a week full of social isolation. Tolbert. Yes. A week of depression. Yeah. And uh, that's been good. I haven't been too depressed. I wasn't until a drive over here and like my songs that I made for my uh, WrestleMania road trip playlist started popping up. I think this the saddest text was when Aaron was like, only four days till we leave for WrestleMania, boys. Cry, 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 cry. Wait, dot, dot, dot. I know. Like. Just think, boys, especially uh, in, in a parallel universe. If yeah. you guys believe in the multiverse theory, the string theory, some of these, you know, some of these heady, like, uh, like physics sort of theories, we would be having a parrot on Cookie's shoulder in four days. Can I say? <laughs> I think it's um, a universe. Sorry, Mike. You go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I think it's the universe just telling me that you were going to have too good of a time and you might possibly die, <laughs> die. on this trip. And, you would have had and, too uh, much fun, so I'm sitting yeah, a global this is, pandemic. This is Speak- too good for you. This is too good for you. Speaking of dying, so I equate it very much to like a crash, te- crash, crash test dummy. So if you go back to the episode where you guys announced that you guys are going to WrestleMania. Right. Literally one or two episodes later, you're not going to WrestleMania. So literally, you guys were going too fast and having too much excitement, and you literally hit the fucking wall that is coronavirus. And I'm so sad because we were so happy for you guys, and I'm so sad for you. Why? Well, I believe no, that you, you you brought it up a couple episodes back. But God just doesn't want me to be happy. Right <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Job. Why have you forsaken me? God's just like ultimate heel right now. <laughs> ultimate heel turn. Aaron's that white meat baby face that just can't get a win. I'm the one, two, you know, three kid. You're, you're gonna you're gonna beat him though. You're oh. gonna beat him. God's like Kane in That's 97 what they keep right now. <laughs> Watch out, God! I got a vicious roll up. <laughs> I'm gonna get one over on you. 
not going over clean. Just you know, just getting just getting a one, <laughs> one, two, three. But he promises your book, your book, man. your book. You're you're book. You're book. All right, so, Cookie, what have you been doing all week? We, uh, I have been working. I work Monday and Thursday this week. Good. Yeah. So I've been working from home. Tolbert, that's about it. I've been, been, working, been working two days a week at, at Cape Fear. Uh, we've been doing wine and beer pickup to go, filling growlers and stuff like that. It, it's surreal being downtown. I feel like I'm in like uh, an outpost in like uh, Fallout or uh, Borderlands, yeah. where you come to get your goods. I like, come lipping out. What do you want? <laughs> like, <laughs> trade for shiny metal objects and whatnot <laughs> i've been working from home you know editing stuff but the, you know there, there comes a point where like you're done editing all the stuff so you're like well i'm just gonna go outside and read a stephen king book for an hour and you know <laughs> and mike over here mike's over here saving lives and working nah, i, would, I wouldn't say hospital. saving lives what i am doing so i'm sweating my balls off that's what i'm doing because you get wrapped up in those plastic like trash bag ppe things and and you have a mask on so you look like um bane and it's like breathing through a pillowcase so all you're really doing is smelling your own breath oh, and then God. you have goggles and you literally I, I was in a room for like 35 minutes with a patient the other day and i was literally dripping sweat into my gloves Ugh, I, that it was, was terrifying it, it, i bet it, as a patient oh sorry sorry Mike, I, I, I told this joke i actually was um i was messaging some friends from back home yet last night and i told this joke luckily i've not worked with a positive patient yet but there are there were a uh, there was a presumptive positive and i'm sitting in their in their room and i'm working with them and like you have try to have this empathy and this understanding and you're doing your best and then this guy coughs without covering his mouth mm. and uh i've never wanted to punch somebody in the face so hard <laughs> That's a lot of empathy right there. That, that, that I, I literally, the Hippocratic I, I, looked him, I looked at him. I'm just like, you could at least, at least covered your mouth. <laughs> That's why we're in this mess to start yeah. with. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully that doesn't get me fired. I'm not supposed Meanwhile, to Mike's sort of cutting stuff, weight but. like a high school wrestler running around the hospital. Well, the worst like, part like, is like, you know, you see all these horror stories out of New York and California and Seattle and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, we're not that bad yet down here in North Carolina, but, um, I got, I got this pair of disposable goggles that normally are one and dones that were uh, given to me on Tuesday. And I, I continued to wear those through Thursday because that's all we got. That's so scary. Man, it, it's it's like a time that like you would only see in a book or a movie. And Honestly, I uh, I quit it. So I was at Home Depot yesterday trying to get some things so I could actually like you know do something around the house. And that is the my wife is like, oh well, you haven't been out grocery shopping or anything. You don't even know. And I'm like, I don't because I yeah I've actually you know continued to work and all this sort of stuff. But I was at Home Depot last night or yesterday morning. Sorry, and that was the first time I felt like. It was the zombie apocalypse. It was the first 20 minutes of the newest zombie movie that they're going to release from, you know, Hollywood because over the last, or one, you're walking around, it's full of people that are like prepping and gr grabbing supplies and they have things taped off and coned off. And over the loudspeaker, the whole time is, please make sure you maintain your social distance. We're here for you throughout this time. Home Depot cares. And it's just on repeat. And it's just like, this overarching thing. You're like, holy shit, is everybody going to become a zombie? Is this I Am Legend? Yeah, like it sounds like one of those dystopian science fiction movies where 
that shit happens. But no, it's it's real life. We're we're living through this, and we're still watching wrestling, and still trying to to to, to not necessarily make light of what's going on in the world, but try forget. to keeping yeah, you know, try to forget it for at least yeah. an hour a week, you know. So we've all been kind of pent up inside our houses and everything, and. I decided this week we're doing cage matches because <laughs> what other way to express our pent up aggression than to put two men or two women in Cookie's case inside a cage and get them out of there? Yeah, man. Keep them in. <laughs> what, don't give me that look, Tolbert. <laughs> I, I thought you were about to say something. No, no, no. I was waiting. He's done. He's done. I've been in a cage with my wife, which I love. Been, uh, <laughs> Which I love. Week, you and I both, my friend. Every week, Tober <laughs> has to like reaffirm his love for his wife. I do love her very much. Have, I one day this week, I did go walk around Greenfield Lake, social distance with uh, Tobert and Katie. We, it was we, fun. We did, did, a, we did a four mile walk. That's right. We had plenty of time to do so. It was a beautiful yeah. day, though. We walked down and actually saw the Tolberts and my son. Has no idea what social distancing you know, is. All over the place. And, and like to Tolbert and his wife's credit, like they're they were trying to get out of his way, but he's just <laughs> running around like a big old germ ball, just running. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Elliot, how is uh, you know, like how's the anxiety of of being a you know a, a, having a a new child so be born into this? Honestly. I, it's so funny because, you know, 10 years ago, I was the type that I, everything I did was planned out, right? Everything I did, I, you know, woke up, had goals. I was going to achieve those goals that day. I had long-term goals. I, my day was set. I was, I write a planner and all this sort of stuff. Now so the it's opposite like, of Tolbert. Correct. Hey, hey, now I'm living, <laughs> I am living, living the Tolbert life. I am day by day. Just wake up. All right. Today is Sunday. Sunday's going to, this is what Sunday might look like. Um, but yeah, my wife's a ticking time bomb. Who knows when she's going to pop and <laughs> um, ticking baby bomb. It, it really is. It's kind of surreal. You know, my son, my, my first son was born a month before hurricane Florence. So, you know, I'm just Dude, like, I forgot about that. And I'm sitting here going, if we have a third child, Amanda, like we, we, we might should be probably the the let the world know, like that we're planning <laughs> on because some shit's going to hit the fan. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm just playing it day by day and, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna make the best out of it. And you try to, you know, love your family and love your, uh, your neighbors the best way you can six feet apart. And, uh, <laughs> Tobert and Katie are our, um, you know, what is that? What would you call that? Um, safety net. <laughs> Cause if, and when my wife goes into labor, it's not an if, when my wife goes into labor, um, we're going to call Tolbert and his wife no matter what hour, and we're going to drop our German-infested son with them. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but you know what? It. Then we'll at least be allowed to social distance together, Tolbert, because yeah. at that point we'll have a, a uh, community contact, and that would be Elliot. <laughs> well, you know, in, in times like these, you kind of wish that you lived in a bubble. Yeah. And because of that, uh, we have one person that actually does live me. in a bubble. <laughs> That'd be oh, me. yes, debut. So, you know, we're, we're talking about this, and, and I, I was talking to Mike about this. I want to do this before our matches begin, and this is a new segment on oh, $2 State, and go. it's called Cookies Bubble List. <laughs> Tiny bubbles 
We're going to pop them bubbles, boy. Oh, the theme song's playing, boys. Hold on. <laughs> oh, okay. I've got a great theme song. It's a good theme song. Uh, Cookie, what have you learned this week? What What have you done? What have you experienced? You know, I do have something this Okay. Week. Disc golf. Oh, oh, wow. Play a, a little disc golf this week. They got me out of the house and they said, let's let's go play some disc golf. And I was like, all right. Cookie's I'll like, I'll play disc golf. I'll try my best. How did you do? I did well. I did well. I had a plus seven. Plus seven. Yeah, is, it, is it scored the same way as regular golf? It's, it is scored the same way. You want the least amount of points. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I lost, obviously, but... I, I did pretty well. Cookie, I was only three behind. You also watched The Lord of the Rings. What did you feel about I The did. Lord of the Rings saga? <laughs> the Lord of the Rings has to be the longest movie I think I've ever seen. Did you like, enjoy it? I did enjoy it. That, for Especially real? the last one, The Return of the King, one of the best movies. Oh, out of the you've three. ever seen? Out of the three. Okay, out, out of the three. three. Out of the three. And I would say one of the best I've seen. Really? I'd say it's in the top 10. Uh, of like number 10. It's like number 10 in my top 10. That was a really good movie. Are you serious? That was a really good movie. I mean, no, like, I'm, I'm okay with him. I, I, I prefer you know, Star Wars. And did he watch the director's cut or just the regular cut? Uh, regular cut. The director's cut's like two more smart hours. Movie. Yeah, smart movie. No. The movie's already three and a half hours long. Yeah. I saw that movie in the theater with my mom. The first one, The Fellowship of the Ring. I've never seen my mom... Any less interested about one thing, I like the entire time. My mom's like, I don't care about these elves. What are these? What is that thing? I don't care about that thing. I almost didn't watch the last two movies because the first was the driest movie I think yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, longest and dry, next to Titanic. Maybe. Yeah, that was good. I had to pee like five times in the theater. Like I know, like I, I can usually hold it for a two-hour movie. Maybe have to pee once during, and I had to pee like three times during that movie. And I was just so bored because I was like in eighth or ninth grade when that movie came out, and I'm just like, whatever, man. Yeah, and I didn't watch it until I was 26. How about that? Look at that, and that Look is that. Cookies Bubbleless. <laughs> Getting out there in the world. So is this gonna become a regular thing? Yeah, or like, yeah, 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 yeah. Cookie, we're, right? we're gonna we're gonna make sure that, yeah, that cookie, you anytime you experience it. Anytime you experience anything new, we're going to yeah. add a segment to the podcast. We're going to make sure you experience something every week. <laughs> Thanks, every guys. week. I appreciate y'all. Hey, really love me. Oh, have wait, you wait, ever wait. seen The Goonies? Have you seen The Goonies? Uh, is that the one with like the deformed person in the end? Like the elephant looking person? <laughs> Sloth? Isn't there one dude that's like down in like a chamber and he's like... Sloth, yeah. Sloth, and he's like deformed. He looks like Tolbert a little yeah. bit. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I have seen the Goonies okay, when I was a kid. He's seen the Goonies. I was, have you, I was have you seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yes, absolutely. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna like we're, we're gonna just have to come keep, up with some movies that, that Tobert. I mean, that, that Cookie's Tolbert. gonna have to watch. Cookie's uh, movie reviews are, are gonna become a thing. Also, this week, before this, I, I close out this segment. Last week, we talked a lot about Twinks to Cookie. Oh, oh yes. And in the group chat. Uh, Cookie sent us a message that said, guys, when you said the word twinks, I literally thought it just meant really short wrestlers. <laughs> really, yeah, really short, <laughs> tiny wrestlers. Like So Cookie, uh, Google image search the word twinks. <laughs> Cookie, what did you find? <laughs> it's... <laughs> It was literally a picture of a DVD and it said like backyard buddies or something like that. <laughs> and it was really two skinny guys back to back to each other. And I was like, oh, that's, they were of course shirtless. And I was like, oh, 
that's not what I think it means at all. <laughs> this, is, this is not what I thought it meant. Those are not wrestlers. <laughs> oh, they wrestle. Oh, yeah, they wrestle all right. Somebody was getting pinned in that one. Somebody's wrestling with a cock out. <laughs> Good God. Yeah, I, I, I think I hate you guys now. All right, <laughs> well, bit. that has been Cookie's Bubble List. All right, for our first matchup of the evening, Big Mike, you have got quite possibly my new favorite match of all time. Oh, my God. I've seen this match before about 10 years ago, and I forgot how good it was. You have got uh, Wrestle War 1991, the War Games match between Sting, Pillman, and the Steiner Brothers against a, a version of the Four Horsemen, which included Larry Zbysko, Psycho Sid, uh, Ric Flair, and Barry Windham. You just kind of stole my open there. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. it's WCW Wrestle War 1991. Oh, War Games. So the match from beyond. The uh, the video starts. We get this kind of really awesome music in pyro, and we see this slow lowering of um, of the War Games cage. Now War Games is not your typical cage match. Um, two rings, one giant cage. Tony Schiavone gives us the, uh, the good rundown of the rules. So it's seven periods, five minutes for the first period, then two minutes for the next remaining periods. One man, or men, one man from each team battle one-on-one -on -one for the first five. And then we get a coin flip. And that coin flip determines who gets the advantage going forward. So um, going forward, one person from each team every two minutes enters the war game. Um, so you're going to get a two-on-one, then a three-on-two, so forth. Um, the, uh, the only way to win this, the only way, is to get the other team to submit. No DQ. The refs aren't even in the ring. Now, there, there is a main referee and he has discretion to you know decide who gives up and all of that but it's kind of nuts because yeah they're not even in there um so we get sid vicious barry windham larry zabisco and rick flair <clears throat> that group is accompanied by arn anderson and then we get sting flying brian pillman and the steiner brothers fuck michigan who are also Mike, Mike? Mike, can I interrupt you real quick? No. What What is Mich What has Michigan ever done to you? Uh, they are that team and state up north, and they're in the northwest from Ohio. And pretty much everybody in Michigan is a piece of piece of garbage trash. Wow. Compared to those from the great state. Wow. The Buckeye State. Ohio! I'm so glad I asked this question now. Wow. All right. There we go. Anyway, the Steiner brothers are also current tag champs. Um, so give me a second here. Mike, did you feel a, a certain kinship with, with flying Brian Pillman because he is from Ohio? Uh, good question, Aaron. Uh, no, because flying <laughs> Brian is actually from Southwest Ohio, and that's basically damn near Kentucky. So we don't actually consider Cincinnati part of Ohio. Um, if you were to imagine the state of Ohio, it's actually oddly shaped like a sandwich. The Southwest corner would be the bite 
that you take out of that sandwich. Um, and then those of us in Ohio would actually spit that bite out and then just take the rest of the sandwich as is. Wow. Um, so yeah, flying Brian, no respect from actually, you know, being Cincinnati. Now Miami of Ohio, good school. Um, but no, Cincinnati, that, their airport, Cincinnati airport is literally in Kentucky. But like you, you claim uh, John Moxley, who is also from Cincinnati. I don't claim John Moxley. No, no. You he's from John Moxley. I do enjoy John Moxley, yes. But um, I don't enjoy the fact that he's from Ohio. I actually – I don't even relate to the fact that he's from Ohio because he's actually not from Ohio. He's from damn near Kentucky. Oh, okay. Okay. John, I'm just – for clarification. Yeah, yeah, yeah hey, no. I, I was I, just I, making sure. And I'm fine to actually – I hadn't actually thought that deep into it, but I know for a fact that I don't like I don't like John Moxley because he's from Ohio. Okay, I like John Moxley because of the things he does and who he is. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and that's the bottom line because <laughs> fucking Mike said so. <laughs> All right, let's get to the match. Mike. All right, so this is going to be a long match. Aaron gave me a thirty-minute match. Normally, I shit on Aaron for giving me thirty-minute matches, but this one. <laughs> Chef's kiss. So we start Barry Windham and flying Brian Pillman start off the match. Um, Brian actually like they each team is discussing who they want to start first in the match and, and go that five minutes. Uh, Brian just kind of like runs in there. Um, I, I said he was like Leroy Jenkins. He just yeah. like, they're like, no, no, Leroy no, no, Jenkins. He just Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, and, and I don't know the, the behind the scenes, but uh, he has a hurt left shoulder, which I think is because of, was it um, Barry Windham? Yes. All right. So that's why he wants to get in there. He's like a you know a dog trying to attack. Uh, but Brian is hurt. So initial thoughts. Um, it's a very short cage. Uh, yeah. So if you watch current cage matches, one none of them have a top. This one does. They are literally locked in this thing. Um, there are going to be no you know, flippy things off the corner posts or anything like that. Anything like Cody did it with AEW. None of that because th this is locked down. Brian at one point actually holds onto the top and uh, like kicks Barry Windham in the face. It's pretty um, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're brawling. These two are just like beating the shit out of each other. Like there is some vendetta, some revenge, whatever you might want to call it. Barry gets color three minutes into this match. Insane, right? Yes. So, five minutes, coin toss. Obviously, the heels win. So, Ric Flair runs in there, and the, uh, the horsemen have the advantage. <clears throat> um, they, he immediately starts trading chops with Brian. Brian's giving it his all, but Brian's on a he's, – he's fighting a losing battle. He's, he's down one to two. But two minutes later, who – but Sting comes in next. Tolbert, I'm sure, popped big when this happened. Um, he comes in like a man, right now. Yeah, he comes in like a man possessed. He he's he's got he's got to help his friend. Um, Patriot possessed. Oh my gosh! God bless this great. He he's <laughs> literally shaking the door and trying to rip the chains off the door so he can get in there as soon as that clock hits the two minute mark. He hits the this massive double lariat, and I'll go into it later. But Flair. Sells it like a champ. Barry Windham. Um, I don't know much about Barry Windham. This might actually be our first Barry Windham match. No, no, no. So we had a match between Doom and Arn Anderson and Barry Windham. Barry Windham is the uncle to uh, all of those Wyatt brothers. Really? 
Yeah, so he is Bray Wyatt's uncle. Um, well, how about that? Well, uh, anyway, uh, anyway, Sting hits this massive lariat. Both of those dudes just do these crazy backflips. Um, Sting is the difference maker. Um, babyface is actually taking advantage at this point. It's two on two, but the babyface are whooping up on the heels. Uh, Sting hits Flair with this. Um, I, I think it was a punch, and we get this flare flop that flares just like what I call it in, in my profession, a tall kneel. So he's kneeling on both knees and, and flare is flare flopping and like tall, like kneeling on both knees and just kind of like casually like getting to the corner. It was just, it was impeccable to watch. Flair is on another level in this match. Flair, uh, like throughout this whole match, like the whole time I'm like, flair is just, yeah. if you hate him, you're enjoying this because watching him sell and get the shit kicked out of him is so much fun. And uh, another great spot in this two-minute window that is the two-on-two after Sting comes in, Flair is just hammering Sting's face, just hitting him with with punches. And Sting is just no-selling the shit out of it. And at one point, so, like, Flair finally hits him with, like, the third or fourth punch, and Sting is just no-selling it. And Flair just, like, gets his wide-eyed look and he, he's like kind of flare or uh, stink sting just starts walking him down and flair just gets to the point where his head back hits the ropes and he gets on his knees and he's just like oh i don't know what to do no 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 yeah, it was awesome larry zabisco enters next sting hits him with a running dive over the middle both sets of middle ropes so again this is two rings a butted to, to each other covered in a giant steel cage and yeah, sting hits this uh, running dive over both sets of middle ropes and hits Larry Zabisco. He's crushing it. Um, Larry kind of brushes it off a little bit and uh, at one point gets Sting two-on-one in the corner, starts beating his butt. Uh, Rick Steiner enters next and uh, immediately levels Flair and Wyndham again with clotheslines. These are not as big of a lariat as uh, Sting hit, but big nonetheless. Um it gets a bit crazy. Uh, we've got two guys left to enter. It's just kind of madness at this point. At one point, JR yells, Flair's lacerated. Um, who, who expected that, right? Yeah, right. Oh, Ric Flair bleeding. And then after that, every two minutes on the dot, there's a spot with, with Flair getting his head raked I, against. The- I literally, literally wrote down, from here on out, it seems like everyone takes a turn cheese grating Rick Flair's face. <laughs> <laughs> Every two minutes, I'm like, oh, there's Flair getting his head raked against the thing again. What's better? <laughs> no, it was, it, it, it was perfect. Um, Sid Vicious enters next. Sid's a big boy. So when, when they walked out, I didn't realize how big Barry Windham was. Compared to Sid Vicious. Sid how, Vicious has always been a big dude. How big is Sid Vicious? Sid Vicious has got to be like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six, and then you see Barry Windham come out, and Barry Windham's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, you know? But he's just not – he's not a body guy, that Barry Windham. Is, uh, is this our first um, sight Sid of Vicious. Sid Vicious? Yeah, this the, is uh, our, our very first Sid Vicious We've match. been here a year almost. And this is our first Sid Vicious sighting on two hour segment. I mean, no, means? no, no. We we did see we him. We saw him. We uh, saw him. Mike, I wish you could have been there to see 
just how big this man actually is. Even in his older retirement age, the man is fucking massive. Was, was he at WrestleCade? He was at WrestleCade wearing the the father drip, as Travis <laughs> called it, the daddy drip, because he was wearing just a pair of khaki shorts, nice no, button-up shirt. he was jeans with a, uh, with, a Coles. with a tucked-in uh, plaid yeah, short sleeve button-up. And a baseball cap. <laughs> yeah. And a pair of white uh, New Balance. It looks like he just walked out of Coles, honestly. I think it was wearing a Chicago <laughs> Cubs cap. Uh, I, I probably. <laughs> Sid Vicious, he's just like and it, He I, looked like he drove Mike's minivan to right. WrestleCade. Oh, oh harsh. Now, I like <laughs> Sid Vicious. I do. His work has never been, you know, like the best. He's an imposing character. And he's just so dumb. We love him because he's so dumb. You're live, bud. You're live, pal. <laughs> oh, I guess. Okay. Uh, Scott Steiner is the last to enter. Uh, the match beyond has begun. And it is literally just chaos. Um, Sting hits a stinger splash and attempts to hit Flair with a scorpion. Um, nothing happens out of that. Chaos continues. Dudes are just getting tossed in the cage left and right. Um. Uh, oh, Scott hits this crazy like it, I, they they cut to it late, but so all you really see is the power bomb. But it looked like there was like a reverse component to it. But he just annihilates him. Here it is, boys. Fast forward, and we have four figure fours going on. One time, four figure four. All the faces four, have the heels. Four figure fours. That's like sixteen fold in match intensity. And if they reverse. If they reverse the figure four, then you get two-time power-up compounding and making that not 32, but 64 for a 128 match intensity rating that may be multiplied by two full-size rings, and that adds the compounding rate to getting – we're getting between 256 and 512 match intensity rating at this point. This is insane. It's just an exponential. Like, That's it is minor math right there, buddy. Dude, it is, it is one for the ages. I, 110%, you know, <laughs> you got a 15% chance of getting out of that. I was not expecting a 512 match intensity rating. It's <laughs> uh, actually 513. <clears throat> oh. Well, anyway, I was not expecting that. <laughs> I was just – I was shocked. I was, I was saying, is it, how, did, how does this happen? Uh, the crowd's loving it. They are, they're on their feet. They're standing. They're clapping. They're cheering. There is this one weird uh, crowd pan, or it's a pull away shot. And I felt like everybody in the in the crowd at one side of the ring was just wearing a white t shirt. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, the jib shot. I totally saw that. And then there's one fat guy like standing on top of his chair, like yeah. <laughs> what? All right. Anyway, so um, nothing comes of the 512 match intensity besides the crowd going wild. Um, boys, did I mention the the cage is pretty short? Yes. yes. We yes, get Sting military pressing Ric Flair into the top of the cage repeatedly. Just <laughs> repeatedly pushing Flair, which – like I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, this is amazing. But I'm also sitting there watching going, one, Sting's going to burn himself out, and two, it's not really hurting Flair. Yeah, it didn't really hurt. <laughs> you know that that, 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 uh, that that cage has a little give to it there, uh, there Sting, Steve. Steve. <laughs> Steve Borland. Guys, it's getting so crazy that Arn Anderson is literally dad pacing outside the ring, scratching <laughs> his head, going, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Why am I not in there? Um, 
So the, the story throughout the match, though, is they continue to pick on Brian and his hurt shoulder. Um, but this guy's got fight. And uh, near the – well, we're like 20-some minutes into this at this point. Sid goes for this pickup powerbomb. And I say he goes for it because Brian's feet hit the top of the cage and he takes this nasty – I said top shoulder slash neck – bump instead of a flat back bump i i literally i like cringed and kind of gagged a little bit when i saw it he and again we we mentioned sid is a big man brian pillman not that big he just eats this gross ass bump so what do you do after you fuck up a power bump you go for another power you go for the second one (laughs) yeah so he sets up another power bump pulls it off this time and straight out murders brian pillman uh, at this point, for some reason, some giant dude runs out to check on, uh, <laughs> Gante, the man and, uh, of legends. And uh, this guy is the, one of the biggest wrestlers I've ever seen. And he gets in the cage and I think he's, I, I figured like he was going to pull Brian Pillman out and get in there himself. Instead, the referee stops the match because Brian Pillman's knocked the fuck out. Yeah. Um, so what I what I what I actually ended up doing because this this match was so long and and about twenty minutes into this match I was like you know what I'm gonna do I'm not trying to step on Cookie's toes but I, I'm I'm gonna take a hockey approach to this so after every hockey game they give out three stars they give out stars to guys who, who performed best during those matches okay so I'm gonna give out my three top performers these these stars for this incredible match okay Let's so I'm gonna give out I'm gonna give the third star so not like the best but the third one to Ric Flair for selling like a motherfucker throughout the entire match <laughs> captaining his team captaining his team to victory it was I I used to I used to egg Aaron when I didn't know much about wrestling about how he, he would always say Ric Flair was the best wrestler ever. And I'm like, right. Nah, nah, nah. You know, no, Ric Flair's not the best wrestler ever. Uh, I'm starting to eat my words, which, because Good. this man, Oh God, it was, it was just, it was so great. It was just over the top enough. It was real enough. And of course, you know, I'm a fan of color. So, you know, Rick's going to give you some color. And how many times did he kick somebody in the balls? Uh, I think three. At least. <laughs> they were phenomenal. But <laughs> mind, mind you, this is a no DQ match. Yeah, right. he's just kicking people in the dick left and right. Um, <laughs> Barry Windham got kicked in the dick at one point by yeah. Brian Pillman in the first two minutes. Yeah, we have to. You have now, to. Now, uh, I, I made this observation earlier about uh, Barry Windham, and I wanted to say it just before um, everything kind of happens. Barry Windham is that bully that's a bully until he sees his own blood and then he becomes like the biggest puss ever. <laughs> and I love Barry Windham well, for that. Yeah. You know what? Actually, it's so funny because the color that Barry, Barry Windham got within three minutes looked very much like that Ric Flair color. Cause Barry Windham's blonde and it's yeah. like his the front of his head, just all red. But like, yeah, we didn't really see much of Barry after the first three right. minutes. He, he was a badass those first few minutes, got the color. And then he's like, Oh no, what am I doing in here? Get me out of here. <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> Uh, so my second second star uh, of the night, Sting. Sting. Sting put on crazy good work throughout this match. Um, he genuinely he entertained me from start to finish. I mean, the man. The, I, again, I never actually got to watch any any Sting wrestling, and so like to watch some of this younger Sting stuff where he's just. Dude, he's got a motor, and he's, he's got the right – he's just the right size. He's not a big guy, but he's not a small guy. 
and he's fast and he's strong and he's just crushing it. And, and when I saw him pressing Ric Flair into the, the cage, I just laughed. And it actually ended up being the artwork for this week. Amazing um, artwork by Travis once again. It is now the backdrop on my computer as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, the number one star, Brian Pillman. Oh, of course. Dude, uh, so this is nuts. Ohio. This is nuts. <clears throat> 20 some minutes in, I, I, I came up, I was like, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a stars rating. I'm going to do it because there's, you know, eight guys in this match and this little 30 minute match. It's worth really, you know, rating something. <clears throat> and I was, I was, I knew I was going to do flair. I knew I was going to do sting. I was like, sting's number one, flair's number two. Who's number three. And then Brian took those two, Actually, you know what? Here, before that, I was like wondering who's going to be number three. And at one point, Brian Pillman does a great mood and bites yes. Ric Flair's bloody head. And I was like, all right, Brian Pillman's number three. Like he's the storyline throughout this match. He's got he's you know the dog, the fight, and the dog, and the dog in the fight. You know what I mean? And so I was like, all right, Brian will be number three. And then he ate those two massive power bombs. And I was like, oh no, this is the entire storyline of the match. <laughs> Brian Pillman is the number one star. It, it was complete role reversal. It was insane. It was, it was awesome. Brian Pillman, uh, this, is, this is such a good time in his career. He's like on this like meteoric rise to being this light heavyweight champion. He's having the matches with, with uh, Jushin Liger. He, he's just putting on clinics all around the world. And then you put him in a match with these, these heavyweights, yeah. these guys that are legends, uh, legends in the business. He held his own, dude, yeah. and he impressed a lot of people because of that match. That was, that was an awesome, awesome wrestling match. Good. I'm so finish. glad that it, and, and, it told a good story. It, it had yeah. ups and downs, and it, it was just great. This week, we, we were posting uh, a, like a meme in the chat, like, well, who's your favorite wrestler? Who's your favorite match? And all this stuff. This is a close uh, contender for my number one match now of all time. It's such a fun all time, match. really. Yeah, I, I, the more that I'm, I'm, I've watched it, because it had been about 10 years since I've seen it. I, I saw it originally on the Brian Pillman Loose Cannon DVD. And I'm like, oh, this is good. And I kind of half-assed watched it. And then I watched it again today. All I really took away from that was that Brian Pillman basically got his neck broken by Sid Vicious in that <laughs> Yeah, It was insane. And then I watched it again twice. And I'm like, holy cow, this has got everything. I'm so pumped. Throughout the match, the match has no slowdown at all, and it's just a fun balls to the wall. Yeah, because even even at like the slow parts of the match, it was just eight dudes beating the shit out of each other. Like it wasn't there was there was zero rest holds. Um, it was action all the time, and I I just really appreciate the fact that like you watch war games now, you watch NXT war games. You know the finish is ricochet hitting like that six twenty or whatever it was, and like. Or uh, what was the last one? Adam or Champa or Adam Cole hit that freaking yeah. massive whatever it was off That's of the tough. corner post, like climbing the ring. And those are great moments, and the, like those are awesome to see visually. But to be able to tell a story with a damn near like seven foot roof on your your cage was was phenomenal, and it was it was I don't know, I just I really liked it. Well, Mike, with that, let's go ahead and let's, let's get to the social media update. 
Social media update. Instagram has 118 followers. Moving on up. Yeah. You know, um, Tolbert's been off most of this week. He hasn't really been doing much. And so <laughs> what, he, what has he been doing? Not posting on Instagram. <laughs> Tolbert! Well, what, are you, what do you want Carefully me to post? Carefully curated content. You want me to post like the 16th time I've cleaned my kitchen? Yes! <laughs> Put make Bobby Roode do some work. <laughs> so we had two posts this week. Um, one of them was Wednesday night and our dynamite groups. Um, we ended up testing out zoom and we zoomed all together to watch dynamite and uh, Tobert posted a picture of that. The best part of that entire thing was Tobert's name on the, on the chat, which was COVID 420 juggalo. <laughs> whoop 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 um the second post was one that i did i actually did it because i wanted to steal it from tolbert because i wanted to shit on him this week about only posting actually one time on instagram so thank you tolbert um but it ties into our next our twitter actually and um so on twitter we're at 270 followers so we gained there. Um, one of our best posts and the one I really appreciated and the one that I stole from Tolbert and posted on Instagram was the Zane Dawson video of Aaron singing. What song was it? Casey and Jojo. Wait, what just happened? What are you talking you about? You guys are giggling. What just happened? Uh, don't worry about it. But it was, you were seeing Casey and Jojo. I was, oh, what I was laughing about. I pray, pray for someone like you. Anyway. And I thank God. God damn it. Please stop. That I finally found you. Sing it. <clears throat> I'm done. So I anyway, after, uh, after or during our Dynamite watch along, Zane baited Aaron into, uh, <laughs> baited Aaron into singing that. And it's so funny because Zane's mentioned how his, his recording of it messed up. And I said, I text Zane and said, I got it, buddy. <laughs> I got you, buddy. I was I recording you, the entire thing. Buddy. None of these, none of these guys knew, but I was recording the entire watch along. And so I, I sent it to Zane and he was so appreciative and I'm so appreciative of the content that he created for us. Um, that was one of our, our my favorite Twitters. Uh, Aaron, you had a really good post actually on Twitter. Uh, the, the funny, um, the jacket post. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I just posted, I, I found a picture of, Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA in fur coats. And it looks like Dusty's <laughs> taking his fur coat off. And I said, thank God for this warmer weather because we can finally take off these coats. And that's yeah. all it, it actually did pretty well. We got like almost a thousand um, impressions and a couple no engagements. Yeah, yeah. It did really well because you, you, you ha finally hashtag the right things. That's right. I'm learning. I'm um, learning. And then to, to, to top off our, our Twitter, we got a retweet. But we got a retweet of a post that I posted in November. Um, somebody retweeted the post that I, I had regarding Steiner Math being a product of an Ann Arbor education. That's right. Um, so I really appreciate that. Shout out to Tyrone Clark. Tyrone! Tyrone Clark at Lunar Fox ZS. He's a Bucks fan, apparently. Retweeted a post from, what, five, four months ago? Like, Yeah, that, yeah. Wait, it was that wasn't that the same day as WrestleCon, WrestleCade? Uh, I'm not sure. November 27th. It was. It was. Yeah, it was. Uh, we had just met him, and then uh, we were 
I think you tweeted that while we're actually at the super show that night. And we're like, yeah, we don't, don't look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't cross reference us in the thing. So anyway, yeah. Um, Twitter, we're, we're humming along, man. Do you have a shit list this week? I have one. All right. Well, let's get it. Let's get Big Mike's shit list. All right. We got Steve Graham at underscore Steve the Closer. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, his bio says buoyant, waggish, efficacious, okay, and demi demiurgic. Oh yeah, of course. Yep. Aaron, what do what do uh, what does efficacious and demiurgic mean? I uh, search me. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, Steve Graham apparently hails from Warren, Ohio, and so kind of pains me to do this, but I'm I'm gonna shit on him because I have to. Oh, Steve. so efficacious oh, means successful in producing a desired. Or intended result. God, I should have Googled this before I, I made my shit list, but it's all right. What was the other one? Uh, Demi Yurgic. How do you spell that? D E M I U R G I C. All right, that means. Yeah, fuck that. All right, go back to your shit list. <laughs> anyway, Steve the Closer is from Warno House. Steve, Steve, Steve. You call yourself the Closer but the only thing you've ever closed was your opportunity for a happy life. Oh, Steve. Steve lives in Warren, Ohio. For those of you that know, I could stop there, but I won't. The only thing Warren, Ohio has going for it is the hot dog shop. (laughs) Hold up. No, the hot dog shop has no part in this shit list. The hot dog shop is the greatest hot dog shop in the country. All right. Steamrolls anything that's around here. What? It, uh, even oh, Paul's place? It, oh, it watch your, bends watch your Paul's words, place over. It uh, makes it its hey, bitch. Dude, hey. the and hot dog shop. <laughs> I will fight about the hot dog shop. This, this is what I'm saying. The only thing that Warren, Ohio has going for it is a fucking hot dog shop. And I'll it is the greatest hot dog shop. All right. This man knows his hot dogs. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I do. And it's the hot dog shop. Anyway. It really, it really is. Um, Steve, you are no better than the shit at the bottom of the hot dog shop's grease traps. Ooh. Wow. Your profile picture is a close-up of you wearing a baseball hat, and you probably have to wear that hat because you got bald from swimming in the Mahoning River one too many times. Mahoning! <laughs> Mahoning. It's polluted. Anyway, I'll end this by saying... <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I'll end this by saying that we don't hate you because you unfollowed us. We hate you because deep down, you are just a piece of fucking trash out of the Mahoning River. Uh, what's his name again? Steve the Closer. Steve the Closer. You've made Big Mike's shit list. For Cookie Strong Style, we have got Akira Hokuto against Bull Nakano. Okay, we got Bull Nakano, and she's back in the $2 Steak Studios. I know, like, you you begged and pleaded. You you sent me a message and said, Aaron, we need Bull Nakano back 
I, the only women's you matches we club? have on this show are a Bonacano because I love her so much. Hey, the you know what's so up? Good. Bonacano. You sent me a message this week of her using nunchucks. Yeah, I sent it to Cookie too. That's the reason why Cookie wanted this match. Yeah. She's a fucking badass. He Dude, saw the nunchucks. She she's like a guaranteed like on Twitter. Yes, and, and every and time she keeps on liking her shit. If you add her, she's gonna like it. Thank you, Bull. We love you. Did you know she was a golfer? I just looked yeah. her up. Dude, she yes. was like an LPGA golfer. Yeah, she was like, like a professional. A Cookie, we talked about this like the first time we had a Bull in the second time. In the second time. In the well, third I looked, time. I looked her back up and I forgot that she was a golfer. Anyway, okay. We got one of the baddest bitches to ever lace up oh, a pair of wrestling 100%. boots. 100%. Back in the $2 <laughs> State Studios. Bull fucking Nakano. She's punk rock. She's Dude, metal. without a doubt. Oh, my God. Before it was cool for girls to be punk rock and wrestling. That's what she was. Bull's a beast. I mean, she never gets the credit that she deserves. Unsung hero. But th- today she's going up against Akira Hakuto, who's also a star in her own right. Yes. Bad ass. And I didn't know this before this match, but oh, yes. she is fucking amazing as well. Yes. And listen, PSA moment here. We at $2 Steak Studios, we don't discriminate. <laughs> There isn't a sexist bone in this steak. <laughs> Everyone knows, Mike especially, I hope you hear, hear us. Mike actually went to go get another beer. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. Mike, I, I can't do this spot until you come back. Hey, Mike, come Mike, back. Mike, I need you back here. Mike. Anyway, we don't discriminate. There's no sexist bones here. Everyone knows, Mike especially, we all love big, meaty men bumping meat. That's right. But we also love big, meaty women also bumping that meat. <laughs> yes. Also, all right? We love our big, meaty women. Let's start this countdown. Cookies, top four. Number one. Akira comes out the gate hot. She does a promo before this match. No one knows what she says. But she comes- <laughs> I, believe, I believe some people do what she said. <laughs> Just not your no, ignorant ass. Yeah, <laughs> Just not you. Okay, okay, you're right. You're right. Uh, she comes out the gate hot. First, she cuts a promo and says some lame shit in Japanese. What then, the right? fuck? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But she's probably working her baby face gimmick and then just comes out firing, literally slapping, kicking. But my first top moment is the spot where Bull is caught between the two ropes and her face is pressed against the cage. And the carrot just starts stomping her face yes. into the cage. <laughs> Badass moment. Bull Nocano's head is used as a gas pedal. <laughs> yeah. And, and didn't, didn't phase her one bit. Not it? one. Number two. We get some blood. We get some blood. We get some color. We get a women's match where you get some color. Guys, I think this is the second match I've ever seen where a woman draws blood from her head, and both of them do it in the match. Yes. Aaron, can you name the other time where you've seen a, a woman draw color from her head? Uh, it would be another bull Nakano match. <laughs> <laughs> Be- Becky Lynch drew color. Yeah, but that was that was a little bit different. I, I had to I looked this up. I was like, what are some of the other moments? And actually, it was Lita versus Ivory Survivor oh, Series 2000. We're both women. The only way, the only one, I, the only way I knew this was because I had the DVD or the VHS. I had the VHS at the time, and I just thought that was a really cool moment. It's rare and it's fitting because this story I'm reading in the ring spells out grudge match. Yes. Um, and what better element to introduce in a steel cage match than some color from the unforgiving steel? I don't know when, but Bull started bleeding as well. And I don't, That's right. But um, this was just an, an awesome moment for both of these guys. And I didn't know, but uh, one of them was the mentor of the other, or was, or was a hero to the other. And I believe it was Akira Hakuto. Akira Hakuto was 
the the mentee. She she learned from Bull. So this is a really good moment yeah. for both of them to have in this match. But anyway, let's go on. Number, Number three. three. Dear God in heaven. If Bull <laughs> if Bull would have connected with that leg drop from the top of the cage, Dead. Akira would have become a part of that mat. She would have been splattered across that mat. Cookie, you were dreaming about being Akira in that the entire time it happened. Okay. Drop that big old butt on top of me, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all notice the impact was so strong that Bull bounced after yes! hitting that mat? Yes, it's like three feet off. Good God. There's a big woman, big meaty woman, oh. jumping off that cage. Beautiful woman. Beautiful. Love you. We love you, Bull We Nakano. love you, Bull Nakano. That big old butt she got was her airbag in this case. <laughs> Again, I just love that, like, Cookie, what, a year ago? Literally a year ago, Cookie had no idea who Bull Nakano was. Right. No. And now Cookie is one of her biggest Madly fans. in love with Bull Nakano. <laughs> Bull Nakano. And Akira's pretty, too. She is. Oh, my God. Did yeah. you know? I don't know. I'm listening. Uh, do you remember our boy with the mullet that we like in, in Japanese wrestling? Which one? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Hase? No, no, no. Sasaki. Sasaki, yeah. Uh, that's Akira's husband. No way. Yeah. Really? They have children, and I'm sure that they have beautiful mullets and are really badass. Damn. How about that? By the way, what was was this AJPW or NJPW? Yeah, yeah. So, it's, uh, it's, so they actually had their own Joshi promotion, like... And if you didn't ask me, I would have told you. But it, it's, it's, uh, it was – keep going, and I'll, I'll find it for you. Number four, Akira's finisher three times. Three times she did it. And me and Aaron were talking about this. This is a badass move. It's like a, a mixture of a body slam with a brain buster at the same time. Akira did it three times a bull. It didn't stop her. But when Akira went to the top of the cage and landed the drop kick from the top, end of story. Akira hit it perfectly and sent bull flying across that mat. Akira escapes. The winner is honestly both of these women for putting on the phenomenal match. Cookie actually loved this match. I love this match, 100%. I'm going to my honorable mentions. Akira is fucking tough as nails. Dude. Tough. She took a, a, a pile driver, those pile driver bumps, plural, from Bull Nakano, then gets right back up and isn't afraid to give German suplexes or back suplexes. So this much bigger woman. I didn't explain this, but Akira is, she's a shorter woman. Yeah. Smaller girl. Um, and I just respect her toughness. I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, those drop kicks, those drop kicks, man, from Akira, it, it felt, I felt every single one of them. She did like three of them. Right. And I, they were good. They locked me into the match. Next thing I know, my first, my fist is clenched and I'm saying, let's go bull. Let's, let's go, go bull. Come on, finish this match. And I, I didn't get that ending obviously, but it was okay because they both left it all in that ring. That's right. I want to finish this off by saying, we talk a lot about snooker jumping off the cage yep. in the early 90s late 80s what have you um but holy fucking japan there were two women doing this at the same yes. time and bull nakano's big ass got up there and did it and if she can do it uh, anybody can do it i mean now cookie saying he's hyping himself up the cage. He's i am himself up. i am and i don't know who's gonna hit 500 first but i'm jumping onto somebody from the top of the cage oh jesus christ anyway anyway this is history that uh, more wrestling nerds need to watch this. This match gets, without a shadow of a doubt, five cookies and a golden cookie nomination. No Ooh. shit. Yes. Thank you. Is this for the second five cookie talk for Bull Nakano? Uh, this is Bull Nakano's very first. She like her first two matches. 
He really liked her, but he only gave the matches like three stars. It was, three yeah, it was something like that because she destroyed the Lunger Blaze. It, was, it wasn't even a match. I liked that match a lot. Did you really? Yeah. You so, like- so Bolt Nakano and, and Akira put on such a good match, and, and I, I agree with you, man. It was such a fun match. Is just uh, just jaw dropping, jaw dropping. Jaw Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Remix. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Your boy Cookie is out. Cookie. Uh, it, it was all Japan pro wrestling put it on. Oh. Okay. And they had like their own sect, which was all Joshi uh, related. So it was all wow. like an all women's version of all Japan women's pro wrestling. So oh, I hope that was it's pretty neat, man. Like so. They were both two of the biggest names in that promotion, and being able to 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 put on a match like that, you can see why, right? Oh yeah, and then afterwards, you can see like I mean, Bull is left in the ring; she's fucking gasping for air. Akira walks to the back with a walking cane and yeah. cuts another promo, yeah. and she can barely breathe. I mean, these these ladies left it all in the ring. All respect to those women; they put on a show. Do you want me to sing another song? Bull is barely breathing. She Hit can't it. find, yeah, 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 she, yeah, she yeah. is missing. Boo, we love you. Tolbert's taking a swig like Soda Popinski over here. He is did, ready. Did, did Tolbert say anything in, during Cookie's segment? No, Tolbert's high. Well, he's been drinking high lives. High life. He's high off of life. It's a good gimmick right there. I don't think Tober's high on life, though. High life again. We're singing again, Aaron and I. Tober. Yeah. The high spot. You have got Al Snow against Big Boss Man. And it's not not a War Games match. It's not a cage match. It's a kennel from hell. Oh, my God. And uh, if you watch this match, get high before you watch this match. Jesus. Fuck. Right. Give me a little backstory. All right, back. all right, all right. Let me set the stage here for you, folks. All right. So before we get to the match, there's a feud going on between Al Snow and Big Boss Man, right? right? And it starts off um, a month prior. Uh, Al defeats Big Boss Man for the Hardcore Championship. Right. That sets it off. There's a month-long feud between the two. A lot of back and forth. A lot of uh, interrupting each other. Just you know, doing bad shit to each other. Well, in the process, Big Boss Man kidnaps Al Snow's dog, Pepper, right? Um, and for the, those of you who know, Al Snow is a deranged man. He has That's help right. me written across his forehead. Right. He's a crazy person. He's also, I, I love Al Snow. He's one of my favorites for sure. What? I love him, man. He's crazy. He's I, crazy. What does everybody want? What does everybody need? Yeah. All right. So, Snow's pissed, man. Al is fucking pissed. He kidnapped us. The only thing keeping him sane, keeping him holding it together is his little dog. It's Pepper. Pepper. Yep. All right. So, <laughs> I actually pulled up the segment uh, before we started recording here. Um, well, he negotiates. He has a meetup with Big Boss Man. In a hotel room, right? <laughs> Big boss man's like, look, let's squash this. I'm going to give you your dog back. Good. Good. <laughs> so. Justice. You know, he, he gets to the hotel room. Al I mean, gets there. Beef? And uh, <laughs> beef he's, is uh, one of, sorry, he's, uh, <laughs> he's beating around the bush. He's like, hey, I'll sit down, have a bite with me. I'll cook this dinner for you. Yeah. You know, we've been working hard. Let's sit down and, you know, squash this beef, you know? And I was like, you know what? I just want my dog back, man. He's like, no, eat. I, I, I fix this for you. Right? Fixes him a plate. 
Al takes a bite. He's like, you know, that's not too bad, right? And right. He's like, well, don't get – what does he say? Don't get a, a paw caught in your teeth. It's your fucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> You're eating pepper. Then you realize it's snothing, and then Big it's boss all man sad. fed pepper to Al Snow. Which then he uh, begins to vomit all over the hotel room. <laughs> Big boss man actually tosses the remaining remnants of pepper all over the room and proceeds to attack Al Snow. So hold on, was what, what was the date on this, Tolbert? All right, so another. All right, so this is a terrible match. This is fucking god awful, right? First off, wait, the, wait, the wait, where's the date, Tolbert? I'm getting a, to it. I'm getting to it. Comment, I'm getting though. to it, right? I have a comment. This is Unforgiven 1999. So okay. this is one year after <laughs> Hell in a Cell, Mankind right. versus The Undertaker, which is considered one of the greatest matches of all time in wrestling history, period. Right? This is a year after that. We just saw one of the greatest matches ever, right? Year prior. <laughs> this Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, people paid to watch this, had to put up with the gimmick of Big Boss Man A feeding Al Snow a, a, his dog, which was <laughs> disgusting, and also followed up with a, what was a Kittle from Hell match yeah. after? All yeah, right. the greatest match of all time. Yes, followed up by this hot piece of garbage. Um, <laughs> so let's set the stage. Um, it's a cage match, right? Old school cage surrounding the wrestling ring. Right. Like very like uh, snooker style off the top cage style. Very old school cage with the hell in a cell lowered down around it. So we got two cages, right? Well, they decided to add Rottweilers to this match <laughs> to add some intensity to it. Um, <laughs> and the Rottweilers had their trainers in tow as well. So yeah, you have the trainers in the Rottweilers. You just don't want dogs yeah. running uh, wild. Yeah. And it's just, it, I think I saw maybe three wrestling moves this whole time. Yeah. Al starts off in the ring. Big boss man comes down and run away, looking pissed, looking not even excited to be there. He looks like a shithead cop that you just told him your taxes <laughs> paid for his uniform. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We start the match, right? And we get, uh, I wouldn't even say we get some back and forth, man. Like, it's just ridiculous. Al's got his bag of tricks, his usual hardcore style. He's got all kinds of weapons in the ring. Then come the trainers with the Rottweilers, yeah. you know, to add to the excitement. Um, these Rottweilers are barking at each other <laughs> and fighting with each other more than they are even going after the guys. They're pissing all over the place. They're humping each other. <laughs> They're they're shitting on the mats. <laughs> they're literally pooping on live pay-per-view television, right? But, but Tober, commentary is just covering that stuff perfectly. I know. I so yeah, we have all this action going on. And With the dogs. You know, Vince, you know Vince is in the back feeding them lines yeah. as usual. All they're talking about is the fucking dogs and what the dogs are doing. Like, oh, look at them. Look at the dogs. And it was hilarious. Podcasts. I've listened to Bruce Pritchard's podcast right? about this match as well. And he, he speaks of Vince backstage just loving this, just loving all the Oh, they're humping. <laughs> That's good shit. Good meanwhile, shit. Not much, meanwhile, not much wrestling is going on in the ring. You have Big Boss Man and Al Snow kind of jumping around, climbing around the ring, trying to fill each other out, hitting each other with objects. We do see a suplex off the top of the cage to start it off, which I thought was pretty badass. Right. So like, all right, we're like going to see the most badass. We're actually going to see a hardcore match to make up for the 
craziness is going on around the ring. Not so. <laughs> Not so. <laughs> we just see kind of shitty, hardcore wrestling back and forth, them hitting each other with shit. Uh, they do draw some color on each other, but it's a pitiful attempt at that as well. <laughs> it's just like a smear of blood. Um, and just kind of goes back and forth until uh, Al makes his way out of the ring. But, I mean, in the process, anytime they tease someone going over the cage, you know, towards the dogs, the trainers have to actually bring the dogs over, you know, and, yeah. and they're still fighting with each other the whole time and barking at each other. The dogs are it's adding just, nothing to this. Movie. It is a mess. And, uh, I mean, the crowd's not into it. No one's into it. You can tell Snow is trying to sell his best and trying to make the most out of it. Big Boss Man does not give a shit the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he does not give a shit about this Dialing match the whole in. time. Um, he actually teases going on to the top of the cage because previously, the year previous, we had, I mean, the amazing Hell in a Cell match where Mankind went off the top of the cell. So he teases that like he's going to do that. Um, there's another spot where uh, Al gets handcuffed to the turnbuckle but breaks out of it with his superhuman strength because he's so mad about pepper yeah i would be too man <laughs> but um, have you ever been fed a dog <laughs> no dear god no. <laughs> no the match ends with snow breaking out of the cell first uh i mean this is just it, it's considered to be the worst one of the worst matches yes. ever yes. in wwe history it's just i mean it's terrible <laughs> Uh, but let's get the haiku. Let's just go and. Uh, All right, uh, Tolbert. Tolbert's ready to, to wrap it <laughs> up, boys. Like, I'm, I'm done with this. <laughs> Tolbert's haiku. Al is really pissed. Al Snow ate his fucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> Boss man, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a good one. I I, I think that's a great one. Check out this match if you want to see if you want to have a good laugh. I mean, did you even have a good laugh? Yes, the whole time the trainers were like, "Come on!" Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, I, I had the best laugh over this. All right, so Al breaks his way out of the cage. Right, he he wins. He leaves. Boss man, for some reason, he goes running down the ring or down the rampway, like after him. And so the trainers with the dogs follow suit, right? They're running up the ring. One of the trainers trips and falls. <laughs> That's what we were laughing at. <laughs> onto one of the onto one of his dogs as he's running up the ramp. And it's like Jesus. Every time the WWE incorporates animals, it's just why would you do it? It's just not. You don't good. work with it's kids or, or or animals. One, you always feel bad for him. One of them almost gets hurt, and it's just terrible. They had to Dude. put that dog down. Commentary though, commentary went commentary. over on this match. Everybody else buried. Commentary went over because they were when they were talking about those dogs humping and the dog pissing on the thing. Like it was just, I, I was, was I was loving it. It was hilarious. it was Mick Foley and Kevin Kelly, I think. Yeah, it was. They did great. It was everything else it terrible. Was terrible. <laughs> it yeah, was it, it was odd, awful. All right, so this oh, next next week is our 52nd episode of two dollar steak a pro wrestling podcast we're gonna switch things up a little bit because the boys wanted it it's hey. time to sick hey. things up a bit so we are going to be alternating throughout the month everybody's gonna get their chance to to host <laughs> i am gonna be taking Do it better than fantasy. aaron did or can I am going to be taking a back seat to this uh, wonderful show that I, I love. And 
It's my baby. And you guys are taking it away from me. <laughs> we don't we don't want the spotlight per se. We just want to have a little fun. We're just so having a little I fun. <laughs> we're just having a little fun. So what we're gonna do, uh, beginning next week, Big Mike will be taking over as the host of just- two dollar steak. That means that I will be taking his place as the greenhorn. The week after that, uh uh your boy Cookie, your boy, is going to be taking over as the host. I will be taking uh, over as the, <laughs> we're like, uh, uh, the strong. Sound. We're like that shitty local indie band that like switches instruments yeah, halfway yeah, through the like set. A, like we, we play everything. And then for the week of four twenty, <laughs> of course, the one man, the myth, the legend, the of uh, the high spot goes to me on that one. And Tolbert, we're gonna to have every RVD match. <laughs> You don't know what's coming for you, but I'll tell you what is a two dollar steak, four twenty extravaganza coming uh, to you, folks. Oh boy, gonna we're good. gonna see it's your gonna way out of quarantine, baby. Oh boy! All right, Mike. So, Mike, you you had a few words to, to, to discuss and tell us about yes. what you're picking next week. I'm so excited. Aaron always talks about every week about how he enjoys kind of finding the matches that he gives us and. It is, it is interesting. You go down some rabbit holes. Um, I knew that I was going to be hosting next week, so I wanted to make sure I had the matches picked out today so that I could tell the boys what they're going to be watching. Um, and, yeah, what I ended up with was not what I ended up searching for. But That's, That happens to me every week. <laughs> Wait, didn't that just happen to me? Dude, it, it honestly, it, it, it's so funny because I find, you find something and you're like, I got to find that match. And you can't find an actual video of that match. So right. I'm not going to pay for it. Like, so, right. you know what I mean? We got to find it on Daily Motion or YouTube. But I was able to come up with a rundown of matches that I think you boys will specifically enjoy. And before I say that, we forgot to plug this on the social media. We may or may not start live streaming some of these recordings on YouTube. So... We have, a two, we have a $2 steak podcast YouTube channel. Unlike Twitter and Instagram, which are at the number two dollar steak underscore, our YouTube will be potentially $2 steak podcast. That's it. All spelled out. Ooh. But anyway, look out for that possibly. If you if you find that on it's Tuesday and and Aaron hasn't updated the Midnight Mayhem Aaron Varnum post with a two dollar steak episode, try searching for two dollar steak podcast. I'll double out. it. I'll, I'll for a little bit. I'll I'll do both and then right. we'll slowly move we'll see what happens. Two dollars. I, I drunkenly signed us up for the, the ability to YouTube live last night, but it takes at least twenty four hours before you can actually YouTube live. But but I figured, you know, next week we're all going to be zooming because we're going to be under straight up lockdown. statewide lockdown. Straight so lockdown. why not try to live stream to the audience that wants to watch us on YouTube? But I digress. Boys, I'm excited. Aaron Varnum, yes. you get you get a TV title match. Okay. NWA Power 1990. You have Arn Anderson versus the Great Muta. I, oh, I wow. am all about that match. 
That is, thank you. That, thank you, thank you. That is very sweet of you. For the strong style. Oh, here we go. Cookie gets an NJPW match from 8 12 2013. Ooh, ooh. It happens to be Tomohiro Ishii and Toro Yano versus. Minora Suzuki and Shelton Benjamin. Oh, shit! <laughs> I was not expecting oh, Shelton shit. Benjamin. That's the gold, the gold standard, baby. Let's go. Holy <laughs> shit! I am all about that. Hell yeah. And right, to round it, it out next week. I'm scared. Our boy Tolbert has a match of the dark... Sorry. The Dark Outsiders. Oh, yes! You give it to him! Versus Raider Rock. Woo! And his boy, Jeff Hart. Woo! <laughs> Jeff Hart. Jeff Hart. You get a Jeff Hart man. Can I say? Can no I just way. say? I'm so Where excited. Are you? Tobert, not to not to downplay your excitement. That match on YouTube has 135 views. It has been on YouTube. 36. It has been on YouTube for no less than nine years. Good God! I I tried watching it last night. It is it's so fucking bad. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> Oh my God! I'm so excited. God bless him. You know what? Jeff Hart is rocking it, and I'm so excited to hear Tolbert's description of what he gets to watch. (laughs) Hey, he can cut that promo because it was highly edited. Anyway, I am so excited to get to host Two Dollar Steak, a pro wrestling podcast next week. Uh, You know, barring my little one, you know, shooting out. We'll make it happen regardless, though, boys. Broadcasting from the delivery room. Like, you keep it down. We're <laughs> live from Navat Hill. <laughs> Runs a with animal child in his wife's vagina. On the <laughs> I'm trying to host the podcast over here. Pushing the baby back in. Hey, Amanda, we had, a, we had a record time of six. Can you just keep it in for at least, like, two hours, please? Oh, man, I love you, Amanda. Amanda. All right. Thank you for listening to $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. Next week, your host is Big Mike. Folks, I'm excited about this. Yes, Cookie? Oh, I was just at the end, at the end. We're about to go. All right. Well, thank you for listening once again. Let's sing them off, Aaron. All my life, I pray for someone like you. Sing it. And I thank God that I... That I finally found you. That's all I know from the fucking yeah. school. <laughs> Dude, all right, we're good. Wait, wait, hold on. Tolbert, how excited are you for a, a Jeff Hartman? He's taking shit right now. He's oh, he's taking he's... shit. Dude, honestly, I was... For Tolbert, I felt bad because I went down this rabbit hole. I was trying to find a Hangman Page match I wanted to watch. Okay. There is a uh, PGW... Is it PGW? PWG. PWG match of Hangman Page versus Keith Lee. Okay. And I could not find the actual match. All I could find was the match highlights. And it was, the match highlights were phenomenal, but I couldn't find the actual match. So he got stuck with the Jeff Hart match. Why did you pick the Muda and uh, Arn Anderson for me? Um, so I forget how I, I went down that rabbit hole. I was trying to like, 
I was trying to find matches of guys that I've enjoyed over the last year. And so Arn Anderson obviously is one of them. And then I found out that Arn Anderson had wrestled the great Muda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think when I was putting together that match, like that when, with that episode we did of Muda, that kept like coming up and I didn't watch it. So I have not seen it. It's good. It like none of these, I don't think any of them are like spectacular like blow your pants off matches but they're just fun matches and like yeah matchups you weren't expecting like i was not expecting minora suzuki to be paired with shelton Dudley. shelton benjamin yeah, yeah. no shit like, what? what was that a rabbit hole you went down mike um yeah, yeah. I, I went that? i was going down a a combination i was going down a yano rabbit hole and i also had gone down a ishi rabbit hole and then i found one with her together and i'm like oh well who is it oh shit it's against suzuki Oh, and Sheldon Benjamin. That's kind of cool. <laughs> and Sheldon oh, Benjamin. Anyway, we're fight clubbing next week's um, content to describe why I picked these matches. But Talbert, how excited are you about your Jeff Hart match? I'm pretty excited. It's a good pick. It's so fucking bad. It's so bad, dude. Like, it's so bad. I want to watch it. I was actually. watching it last night, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> there was another Jeff Hart match against, uh, was it a Dan? Or some- Big Donnie? Big Donnie, but Jeff Hart never gets tagged in. Big Donnie's like oh, morbidly obese. B- Big Donnie is probably dead by now. No, Big Donnie was was going to be wrestling at the show that we were going to go to. Oh, my with God. With Little Donnie. Oh, he on, is man. so fucking fat. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. All, All right, right, we're done. Take it Later, easy, boys. Let's we'll see the, uh, the audio recording, and we'll, we'll, I'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you whatever I get. It's going to take a while to upload, but do you want me to just send it to you, your email, or do you want me to just WhatsApp it to you? Just drop it in the drive. Drop it in the drive. Got it. $2 stake. I will try my best. Well, no, because I don't want to, like, I don't want to. I will figure it out. All right. Bye. All right. See you.